Hi, everybody. Hello! Sorry for the drought of things uploaded recently. The move college homework was super effective. Also, Taco Man hid himself in confusion. And the move dormant college was disabled. So to fulfill your Red Squirtle needs, we present to you Master of Rock's final project for his class, Exploring Music 2. This may sound a little boring, but it's very Red Squirtle influenced. Like to the point where we both think, how could a Master of Rock actually pass this class with a final like this? And this was submitted for a grade. A final grade worth maybe 20% of the actual grade he got in the class. We didn't edit it at all, except for this little part in the beginning. Really? However, you guys can grade Master of Rock's final project on the blog. Be as critical as possible. Oh, by the way, he doesn't know we're doing this, so it's our secret. Shh. Shh. Secret. However, enjoy presenting Exploring Music 2 Final Project from 2010. Hello, and welcome to Exploring Music 2 Safari Zone. We'll be using the genre decks to explore the wonderful world of music. With me is my guest, Stephen Foster. Hello! So, Stephen, I've heard that you've actually made your own music during the mid-1800s. Some people call you the father of American music. Is this true? Well, the father of American music is a bit much. But yeah, I guess I've influenced a lot of people. Well, I love the peppy sounds of the song. It just makes me feel like American. Simple chord progressions, yes, but during your time, it was uplifting to hear. I understand you were influenced by a lot of different cultures, such as African slave music, Irish folk, and also polka. Oh yeah, I saw that there was such a diversity in America, and I really wanted to see if I could tap into that. So I pulled a lot of influences together and made genuine American music. Sounds dandy to me. Ooh, it also says here that your wife left when you had a drinking problem, and you tragically fell and died with only 38 cents in your pocket. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad we found a polka shaman to resurrect you and have you with us today. It's such a pleasure. Thanks. Anyways, right now we're going to listen to your first hit, Oh Susanna. Here it goes, folks! Just awesome. Totally blew my mind. Anyways, let's go explore some more music. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. This genre is called Minstrel Show. The genre is usually seen embodied by white people, black-faced, and acting like African slaves. <laughs> ah, black-face. I get it. Uh, <laughs> funny. Okay, anyways, they took African call-and-response to influence minstrel show songs, and used weird instruments like the banjo, fiddle, bones, tambo. 
Safari Man. Uh, Safari Man, wake up! What? 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 Oh, oh, sorry, I got bored quickly. Oopsies. Well, here's a great song from the genre. This one is called Cakewalk. Moving along, we see the next specimen genre, vaudeville. This one is quite interesting. Oh, I've heard about these. Vaudeville had random acts of stuff. They would have people shooting fire from their mouths, have dogs flip and dance and play music in the weirdest way possible. Like the fat man playing the xylophone? Ooh, that was good. Vaudeville used a lot of different kinds of instruments. But the one that became popular was the ukulele. Small and lightweight, the ukulele is the ideal choice for a solo act or someone who really didn't feel like carrying around a guitar. Why I can't find a recording of vaudeville, I don't really know. Sorry about that, boys and girls. Dun, dun, dun! Speaking of records, there was a company that emerged from all this new music coming out. How exciting! <laughs> Tin Pan Alley was its name, and it was named after an alley in New York City. Duh. Shh. Some people didn't know that. Oh, I knew that. Well, you're different. You're Stephen Foster. So? So, you don't count. Just continue. Okay, alright. Well, it was the first music publishing industry to come out to record vaudevillians. They recorded people like Emilio Caruso an Italian opera singer, and Ada Jones, the first female to be recorded on TPA! Cool. Cool. TPA made new material for vaudevillians, and in exchange, they got exposure from the audience. Supply and demand. Oh boy, fundamentals of business! Um, what just happened? I, I, I don't know. I, I think I just had a red squirtle moment. What? Red... Squirtle? Whatever, you're wasting valuable time, Steven. Go Google it later. Google? Um, okay. Anyways, a lot of famous people came from TPA, such as... Irving Bear! Irving... Berlin. Irving Berlin, okay. Irving Berlin! George Gershwin! Jerome Kern! Who? Never mind. Thought so. Well, TPA struggled... Because it reached a plateau where every song sounded the same. Bleh. TPA was going down in flames, so they decided to create ASCAP, or A-S-C-A-P. It covered artists by copywriting them and giving them royalties instead of offering them a flat rate. Fundamental! No, Mr. Foster, not this time. Sorry, reflex. Well, here's a clip of George Gershwin's famous song, Rhapsody in Blue!
Okay, moving along. Here's the next genre. Ragtime! Time for rags. Ragtime started in the 1890s when the most famous ragtime composer, Scott Joplin... <laughs> That's a weird name. ...made his first tune, Maple Leaf Rag. Joplin. Is that where the name Ragtime came from? Why, yes it did. Good boy. Here's a treat. <laughs> Scott Joplin tried to make an opera called Tremonisha, but the audience didn't like it that much. They wanted to hear that good old ragtime music. Joplin! Shut up! My bad. It's just a funny name. Joplin. Cheese. Joplin Cheese? Oh my god. He died, tragically, never hearing his own opera properly played. Well, here's another popular one by Scott, called The Entertainer. Here it goes! Everyone keep your eye ducks shut. This one's a doozy. What? I don't understand your logic, and you should stop breathing. This genre is called the blues. And how? The blues is very emotional, very sad genre that involves losing girls, drinking, redemption, and losing money. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Where's the money made? Hey, hey, Steven, hey, you want a treat? Do I ever? Guess what? I have some Joplin cheese out in the back next to the dumpster. Yeah. You want some? <laughs> Do I ever? Go get some, boy. Go get it. Good. Now, blues was often called devil's music. But then again, any new genre coming out is often called the devil's music. The point of the blues is to convey a strong emotional message about loss and heartbreak in three lines. The first states the problem, second repeats it, and the third either makes it worse or solves it. Simple guitar lights were often used with the vocalists to make songs more edgier, but didn't have to be used. Early blues writers were Son House, Charlie Patton, Robert Johnson, and so on. As the blues progressed later on, they added more people to make it more commercial. Well, here's a modern spin on a classic blues song called... Walkin' Blues. Well, I woke up this morning Looking round for my shoe You know by that I got those walking blues Up this morning I'm looking round for my shoe Now, we move on to my favorite genre, jazz. Man, this music is just swinging, oh yeah. Jazz broke all the rules when it came out in the 1930s and made it cool to play odd-looking instruments such as the clarinet and the saxophone and the trumpet. 
big names were popping up in jazz, such as Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Fletcher Henderson, and such. A new style of singing was also created from this, and it was called scat. Ew. Scat. Anyways, let me show you. Well, that was poop. I'd like to see you try. Wait a minute! Where did you come from? Well, I found the cheese near the dumpster. But it was in a bag. It was really big. It smelled like death. And it looked a lot like a dead body. But I taste tested it, and it was definitely cheese. Oh my god, that's foul. Alright. More for me. Um, 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 um. Uh, so... Where was I? Oh yeah! Jazz! Let's give the boys and girls a song. This one's by Duke Ellington. It's called The A-Train! Oh, oh my, oh my god, uh, so, sorry, I, 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 I don't know how I got there. Uh, whew, wow, that's embarrassing. Take the A-Train! Hey, aren't you forgetting Dixieland Jazz? Yeah, my bad. Hey, why don't you take over then, smarty pants? Okay, fine, I will. Well, it all started with Ferdinand Jelly Roll Morton, who took ragtime and New Orleans music and added some loose beats and group improvisation. The Dixieland Jazz was a brother to swing jazz, except it added some New Orleans blues to it. Let's listen to When the Saints Go Marching In, a Dixieland Jazz classic. Now we move on to folk, a fine specimen of a genre. This one is based off of English, Irish, and Scottish stories. Their folk singers sang about killing your lady love, crying in a ditch, and other sad and depressing stuff. And they sang it with no emotion at all. Totally monotone. 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 The folk singers weren't very popular until someone decided to reserve some of their music and keep the folk songs alive. It was called the Archive of American Folk Music. You see, folk songs were 
only spread around by word of mouth, so they didn't really reach that many cities. The folk singers used a lot of guitar and voices to fill in the music. Let's listen to a song by Pete Seeger, a famous folk performer in the 1950s called Turn, Turn, Turn. Stop! Uh-oh, what's that sound? That's the sound of the lightning round! That rhymed! We have to cover country bluegrass in under a minute! Starting now! Country was influenced by the blues and church music. It started in the 1920s with the first country recording in 1922. The country music created a new way of singing called the yodel. Kind of sounds like this. Country also uses a lot of guitars, banjos, and fiddles, just like its cousin, bluegrass. Bluegrass is just like country, except it has more American folk feel to it. And it has a bluegrass jam session smack dab in the middle of it. It usually goes cut time at that point, and it goes very fast. Chet Atkins, a well-known bluegrass guitarist, made guitars for G Gibson and Gretsch, and influenced a lot of bluegrass and country singers alike with his awesome guitar playing. Finished! Okay. Did we make it? Oh my no, god! I can't believe you did not do I it! Totally you you took so much just, time with the country, the whole, and you know what? It, you what? Know, oh, you're fine, fine, alright. Calm down. We'll try it next time. <sighs> Anyways, here's a twofer. First one being Blue Yodel, and the second one being Tiger Rag. I'll sing an old Blue Yodel song for you. Yes, that's it. Alright. Deep of Texas, deep of Tennessee. Deep of Texas, deep of Tennessee. Deep of Delma. That gal that made a wreck out of me The old lady, old lady, old lady One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready and go, go, go. Yeah, I love rock and roll. Rock and roll emerged in the 1950s. It talked about puppy love and hopeful love. It was made for the teenagers and adults alike. And rightfully so. G.I.s coming from World War II wanted nothing but to dance with their little sweethearts and hold them tight while Put Your Head on My Shoulders is playing in the background. So tight, show 
The rock and roll scene took influences from rhythm and blues and also country and bluegrass. The guitarists took the influences from people like Chet Atkins and other technical guitarists. The band that made the rock band mold of today was none other than Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly was made of a lead guitarist, a rhythm guitarist, a vocalist, a bassist, and a drummer. A lot of bands use this format to make awesome music to come. Man, we should make a band together. Yeah, we should. Want to make a doo-wop band? Oh, yes! Wait, isn't doo-wop played in Cheeburger Cheeburger? Why, yes it is! Doo-wop is very similar to rock and roll. Instead of having guitars being the main instrument, people use their voice in wonderful harmony. Let's listen to a wonderful song called Earth Angel by the Platters. Stephen Foster, America's being invaded! What? No! It can't be! Who's invading? It's the Beatles! What? Beatles? Yes, the, the Beatles. Wait, the who? Yeah, they invaded America too! This genre is most commonly named British Invasion, and for a good reason. Starting in the late 1950s, John Lennon formed a little band in his high school called the Quarrymen. A bit later, Paul McCartney and George Harrison would join the band. In the 60s, the Quarrymen changed their names to Silver Beetles, and the rest was history. What? What about Ringo Starr? I'm glad you asked! Besides the main three, Paul Lennon and George, musicians have cycled through their band. Stuart Sutcliffe and Pete Best, just to name a few. Sutcliffe was the original bassist, and Pete was the original drummer. But Sutcliffe left to brush up on his art studies, and Pete was... well... Pete was ugly. <laughs> well, well, not really. He was just deemed incompatible by the Beatles manager, Brian Epstein. That's my name! No, it's not. So they kicked off Pete and said hello to Ringo Starr. I love Ringo's. Not what I meant, but alright, whatever makes you happy. Yes! When the Fab Four finally united, they became a hot sensation. They were teenage heartthrobs talking about puppy love like, I want to hold your hand and please please me. They took the easy rock and roll style of infectious guitars and mixed up the drums and bass just a bit, making it even more catchy. They also added the tambourine, which added a little bit more oomph to the beat. Oomph! Oomph! England! Fuck yeah! What the fuck? Don't worry, you'll know when you're older. But I'm 34. Too bad! Hey, Safari Man, I hear a little folk and gospel influence in the Beatles music, too. Oh, yes, they took all the good parts of all these genres and mashed them together. I'm surprised you knew about that. Don't be. I read your notes during that long pause. You sneaky little devil. Bite me. Anyways, the Beatles were always a step ahead of their game. They stayed true to their fans and also invented bolder, newer sounds. Sadly, they broke up in 1970, releasing their last album, Abbey Road. Wait, no? Abbey Road was the second to last album. Well, yes, technically, it was the second to last album released, but the last album they produced together. Oh, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Wow, um, you're, you're welcome? 
I, I can't believe you just had an intelligent thought that didn't piss me off or stray away from the exploring. Safari Man, you're straying away from the task at hand. My apologies. Uh, okay. Even though the Beatles aren't together anymore, they affected more bands than any other in the rock era. Ever. Let's listen to my favorite song by them called Come Together. Not only did the Beatles come from the UK, other epic artists like Cream, The Kinks, David Bowie, and The Who also came from there. Uh, The Who was even greatly uh, influenced by Scott Joplin for their awesome ragtime play. That is a total fabrication. The Who were inspired by the Beatles, you twat. You're just doing this to make me break out into an idiotic remark so the listeners can laugh. Well, it's not going to work. Wow. Moving along. Over in the east coast of the big bad USA came the Beach Boys. They emerged in the 60s and brought with them out the next genre. Cali Sound, a.k.a. Surfing Music! Yes, yes, quite. They took influences from early rock and roll music, blues music, and doo-wop music, using their vocal talent as a solid staple for the sound of California. You're creeping me out now. Deal with it. Okay. <sighs> Anyways, this band used a lot of falsetto and harmonies for their voices, and organ was sometimes added into their typical rock band setup. The Beach Boys frontman, Brian Wilson, would have many depressional breakdowns, randomly, and even stopped touring with his brothers at one point. Brian felt a rival with the Beatles, so he created Pet Sounds in 1966, where he incorporated key changes, the Japanese koto, a very, very exotic instrument, and a spatial trippy sound to it. Trippy? Yes, trippy. Trippy, like, trippin' balls? <laughs> yes, oh my god, Steven, you're back to your old stupid self again! <laughs> I'm so happy and gay! Okay, too far, man. Sorry, I was in the heat of the moment. That's what she said. Up, 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 up. <laughs> oh, that was great. Good times, good times. Let's listen to Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. Wait, no, this isn't right. Huh? What's wrong? Didn't I already cover folk? Yeah, you did. But this is folk revival. Oh my god, mind blown. I didn't know you could revive music. Well, you revived me, so yeah, anything's possible. If you just believe, if 
you just believe. Uh-oh. I think we lost Safari Man. I'll take this one, I guess. Folk Revival was revived in the 1960s. It evolved from folk, black gospel, and the blues. Man, a lot of things are influenced by the blues. Yep. It is an original American genre, and it sounds so effing cute. True that, homie. Well, unlike the original American folk, folk revival performances were completely emotional and usually incorporated guitars and sometimes harmonica. Basically anything a bum can carry around. There were a lot of bums that made a big in this business, like Bob Dylan. He's not a bum, Stephen Foster. Yeah, but he sounds like one. Ooh, yeah. He does. Anyways, the 60s were all about peace and love. And the Vietnam War was going on, too. A lot of young people were dying for the safety of America. And the folk performers don't like war or any other that bad crap. So instead of being a traditional Irish story... The folk songs were all about war, poverty, equality, and the environment. I heart green! I more than three trees! I less than three little babies! Uh, I heart Bob Dylan. I still less than three little babies! Okay, so, Bob Dylan time. Bob Dylan was one of the most influential folk rock musicians ever. He was the one that put the emotion back into all the songs and personalized them for the youth of America. Everyone felt him at a personal, even spiritual level. He reinvented the singer-songwriter genre, and thousands of artists followed his footsteps. Let's listen to his famous song, The Times They Are Changing. Will it teach me fire again? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, alrighty then. We'll take some of these when we introduce our next song. Sounds good to me. Are you introducing Acid Rock now? Hell yeah, man. Acid Rock started in the late 60s, evolving from rock and folk. The whole sound of Acid Rock was trippy and transcendental. It was all about the ambience as you can take the drug of your choice and dive down the rabbit hole. The lyrics weren't too deep or anything. They just talked about promoting drugs and hating the government. One of the greatest names to emerge from acid rock was Jimi Hendrix! Jimi Hendrix! The man! The myth! The legend! Yeah, something like that. He was one of the most innovative guitarists out there. He played guitar with his teeth. He humped the speakers and lit his guitar on fire. 
and played right-handed guitar. Left-handed. He is definitely a god among men. Yeah. Too bad he choked on his own vomit. He went out like a true champion. If that's how I die, again, that's how I'll go out. Haha, <laughs> yeah, not like the first time when you tripped and broke your neck. Dumbass. Too soon. Might be. He died at 27. So in commemoration of his, um, birthday... It's not his birthday! Shh, yes it is, winky winky. Oh, gotcha. So in commemoration of Jimi Hendrix, we brought in some LSD! Wow! Let's take some! Um, Mr. Foster? Steven? Are you still breathing? I think I can hear you breathing. Or that might just be a hot dog. Not. That's your breath. Get out. Oh, there you are. Get out. Uh-oh. Steven, what happened to you? You're looking a little pale. I choked on my own vomit. Spoken like a true and hero. Tell me about it. What genre are we on? Soul. Oh, how fitting. Soul takes a lot of its influences from gospel, jazz, blues, and rock and roll. They usually use a big band filled with a whole bunch of brass along with regular rock band setup. They have emotional lyrics that are tied to black pride. Black pride. Shut up, Wonder Bread. Boy, I will smack the Hispanic right out of your heritage. How did you know? Only a crazy 17-year-old Spanish short kid with curly hair and glasses can write a crazy script like this. Uh... Soul started in the late 60s with the soul brother numero uno, James Brown. Hi! Hit me! He's the one that started it all. Born into poverty, James did a lot of crime when he was young, and when the detention centers for doing so. He created a band in prison called the Famous Flames in 56, and his career skyrocketed. He has 800 songs under his belt. He always refused to conform to his style, but he always gave the crowd what they wanted. Hey, don't forget about the other bands in the soul genre. There was Booker T and the MGs, Isaac Hayes, Otis Redding, and Ray Charles. That blind guy? Yep. Oh yeah, you're still a ghost. We gotta fix that. Yeah. That's a bad Oh, I know. I'll go get the Poke Shaman. He cut out his heart to resurrect me last time. Curses! Um, I know. Let's get his son. Hello, Poke Shaman Jr. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, that's great. Do something about my dead friend over there. Sup? Are you back to your old self again? Yeah, but I'm missing a leg. Eh, whatevs. Let's move on. 
I miss you, Lefty. That's what he said. Anyways, on to Motown. Motown was a record company named after Detroit's nickname, Motor City. This genre revolved from doo-wop gospel, this genre revolved from doo-wop, gospel, jazz, blues, and rock and roll. It has a lot of gospel-ness-ness-ness-ness-ness in it. With the tambourines and all. It has a happy flair to it, and when performed on stage, they usually choreographed awesome dance moves with the music. The instruments used for this genre is vast in numbers. Strings, tambourines, bass, drums, guitars, piano, lead and background vocals, and brass, just to name a few. Epic. The Motown lyrics were all about love and happiness, unlike that really heavy-dragging folk or acid rock. Bands in this genre included Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, The Four Tops, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Stevie Wonder, and The Temptations! The Temptations were the most commercially successful and critically acclaimed male vocal group in rock history. Damn! This is their most famous song, My Girl. Safari Man, we ran out of LSD. Fuck you! I beg your pardon? Funk. Oh, that's the next genre? Yep. Funk was the child of soul, rock, and jazz. This genre is known for its funky bass line, syncopated guitar rhythms, sexiness, and catchy drum beats. This genre is a lot more edgier than its predecessor, soul, and offered the youth of America something to shake their booty to. Oh yeah! Shake that booty! It all started with Sly and the Family Zone back in San Francisco. They fused pop, soul, and rock together and make funk. Voila! They attracted both white and black audiences and broke down racial barriers to unite more than one group. Another group saw this genre and made it their own, the Commodores. Lionel Richie was the front man of this group for a while until he went solo in 1982. Here's one of their famous songs, Brick House. from our last genre, progressive rock. Oh, I get it. <laughs> progressive rock evolved from blues and acid rock psychedelia. Prog rock usually has technical guitars, complex polyrhythms, and experimental effects on all the instruments. Prog rock songs were usually long, 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 long songs that were connected to each other in one straight sitting. This format was called a concept album. These songs were not commercial at all, totally for the sake of art. To be... Or not to be? Yes. 
Yes, formed a band in 68 from London. No, 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 no. That's not a band. No, I want to cover Rush. But, but, but... Rush was formed out of the hands of God. Not really. They actually formed in Canada. The band was a power trio, consisting of a guitarist, a drummer, and a bassist who was stuck to do everything else. Danny Leave! Yep, he was a jack-of-all-trades for this band. Alex Lifeson is on guitar, and there was another drummer before Neil Peart, but he sucked compared to Neil Peart, so he's not even worth mentioning. Ouch. Harsh, man. That's life. Let's listen to their most famous song, Tom Sawyer. This one, I like you. Say something. Okay, go ahead. What's your closing thought? Think like a smart person. Bonnie. Okay, we're done here. See ya.